Welcome to In The Loop Podcast, a podcast that is inspired by the breakaway roping lifestyle. I'm your host, Jordan Joe, professional rodeo athlete, NFR qualifier, and business owner. My goal is to promote the sport of breakaway roping, alongside with celebrating and highlighting elite competitors in and out of the arena. This podcast shares the raw and the real of breakaway roping, bringing you behind-the-scenes stories from competitors, producers, leaders, and the trailblazers, all sharing stories of the Western culture and the lifestyle that they live daily. Join me to talk about breakaway roping, the history, the present, and the future of our sport. If you want to be in the loop, you're in the right place. Thank you for joining us. Take a listen. Okay, guys, today I am here with Gianna. She has two last names. We've really been working on my pronunciations, but it is Shanfiki, right? Oh, yeah, I got it. Uh huh. And now it is going to be what currently is Gianna O'Day. She is married now, has been going by her maiden name. And so, Gianna, welcome to In the Loop. We're so excited to have you today. Thanks. I'm so excited, yeah, to chat with you today. We, she spent about five minutes trying to get me to learn how to pronounce her name. And she's Italian, which is a little embarrassing because I'm Italian and I still didn't get it. But we've got this really cool finger gesture thing we're doing now. So I think I'm going to get the hang of it. <laughs> so, Gianna, welcome to the show. Very excited to have you here today. Um, you and I have got to kind of be buds this summer. Um, and it's been a lot of fun getting to rope with you at all these different places on the West Coast. So tell me a little bit about you just got done roping at Pialop. Um, currently, you are, you said it's raining outside. So it's it's raining on the West Coast today. Um, you still have your horses. You're, you're doing some some things to wrap up the fall. So tell me, how did Pialop go and, and how did you kind of get there? Oh my gosh, Pialop. So <laughs> I guess I'll start back the very beginning. So last year they had the... NFR and correct me if I'm wrong. It's the NFR. It's not the pro tour series. It's the playoff series. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they had it in Salinas last year, which is a big California rodeo. And none of us girls that were, you know, around could enter it because we had to have gone to all those rodeos and been in the standings and qualified. So um, this coming year, like being a rookie and everything, one of my goals was just to make it into that finals because I thought it was a cool event anyways I mean there's only 24 girls and you all you know the setup is really neat and just kind of my style of roping averages and then you get to just go for it and try to be fast so um it was one of my goals for sure and so it's funny because I'm not in the top 15 or close in the top 15 I'm like 56 now I think after Puyallup but all the rodeos I placed at were like the bigger average NFR playoff series rodeos, right? <laughs> which was awesome because like I said, it was one of my goals and I kind of knew that a little bit. So like Clovis, California was my first one. And then I think probably Prescott, I think I got points definitely at Prescott because I wrote both my casts and I won money the second go, but I missed my first or I broke the barrier on my first one. Um, and then it was Sheridan. Um, Salinas and Ellensburg, I think. 
think those, and then I got points. Oh, and Canby, I placed at Canby and I got points um, at Walla Walla. And I'm sure was Ogden one too. I got points at Ogden. I think so. It's just all in Spanish work. Oh yeah. So you placed it all the right, you wrote great at all the right places. Long story short. Yeah. Yeah. Long story short, I wrote good at the right ones, which yeah, worked out great because I was super excited to rope for that much money with, you know, everyone. It was, it was great. I didn't qualify, but I got to go there. I was traveling with JJ Hampton. So she was there and I got to experience that with you guys. And it was, it's an amazing atmosphere. It's so neat. The, the settings, the, the way they set it up, um, like the 24 of you guys getting to rope back to back, and then you come back to a tournament style format. So, you know, the NFR playoff series is like what we said it was called this year. Last year, it was something different. Who knows what it will be to come in this next year. We're all kind of a little suspenseful, but it was, it was a really great opportunity and congratulations. High five for having a goal and, and crushing it. That is awesome. So Tell me a little bit, you talked about, you know, California girls. So let's backtrack a little bit. You're from California. You went to college at Cal Poly. Um, you haven't just started break. Oh, she's ripping the brand. If any, you can't see this, but she's got a coat on. Yeah. So she's kind of throwing it in my face anyway. Yeah, uh, so, so you haven't just started breakwater opening, but we've just kind of been introduced to you. So tell me a little bit about your history, kind of how you grew up going through the college ranks and a little bit about your California rodeos. Okay. Well, um, so I kind of grew up, everyone asks me where I'm from in California. That's the first question I get when I'm out rodeoing, which is so funny because obviously the last like six years of my life, I've been all over the place because college and growing up and adulting and getting married and just everywhere. So I grew up in Sonoma County, Santa Rosa, um, which is about an hour north of San Francisco. Um, Started riding when I was really young, about four, probably three or four. I started getting lessons when I was four. Um, And then from there, I mean, I learned to ride and rope and um, just with my dad and his friends and all that um, kind of cutting that short, just life. Um, I went to school at Cal Poly in San Luis Obispo. And I think we'll kind of glaze over this, like rodeo wise. I will, we'll come back to this. I'm sure, but I lost my thumb my freshman year going into like the last in our spring run. So I didn't qualify or anything. Um, and I competed in all four events. And then my sophomore year, um, I did well, but I didn't, make it to the college finals. Um, junior year, same thing. I did decent, but I didn't make it. And then senior year was going really well. I think I was like six and we still had plenty of rodeos to go and um, COVID happened. So <laughs> then we all went home and, worked yeah. and did school from home. And um, it was cool. Cause then I got to start my job kind of early and no, yeah, it was super neat. Um, but it did cut my rodeo season short again, <laughs> which is okay. But um, so then I moved to Brentwood, California, um, and I go to work in Stockton. Um, so my major in college was bioresource and agricultural engineering. And so I'm emphasizing in civil engineering, water resources, and environmental water resources is my specification that I'll eventually test for. And then, um, yeah, so I work there as an associate engineer. It's at a water district. And then I got married in May. 
<laughs> just a few things to, you've been doing. Yeah, just a few things. Uh, moved to Humboldt County, which is northern coastal. Um, it's about, I don't know, four and a half hours north of San Francisco on the coast. Um, and I love it there. I've grown up going to high school rodeos up there. So I knew the weather and the atmosphere. It rains a lot and it's beautiful though. So I love it. Awesome. Okay. So let's unpack this all just a little bit. You got yeah. married in May. You're no longer Chaffinchi. You are now <laughs> O'Day. Yes. And so yeah. earlier in the year, we were talking a little bit about this identity crisis that comes with getting married. And you are so excited to jump into this new name, but then you're also a little bit like, oh no, what about the old me? Like, yeah. <laughs> how does this rain? And yeah. and so we were talking a little bit about, you're like, I, I want to have my old name, but then I don't want to hyphen it. And then it was really hard to say. And now I just am O'Day. And, you know, so... <laughs> Talk a little bit about like what were you what were you feeling and thinking like you had so much go on this last couple of years. Um, so, even today when I was at work writing an email, I go to sign my name and like just my just my name and I still start with C and I'm like what am I doing and I delete it and I go back write <laughs> my my new last name. Um, but it's crazy because so well I think it started off with like when I won the rookie roundup then everyone knew me and they all, they all knew me as the girl with the difficult last name kind of, yeah. but they, you know, knew how I was and kind of tried to say it and everything. And then going through the year a little bit, you know, more like that. And then I felt like, okay, now it's kind of too late to tra- change it to O'Day because everyone knows me as this. So if I change it right now, it's just going to be confusing. I'm like, I think I'll just wait till next season. Yep. Oh my gosh. So silly. Well, yeah. I think that they knew you as a girl with curly hair from California that roped really good. Like, where does she come from? You know, so (laughs) let's circle back to your college years and and talk. You know, I I don't know that a lot of people maybe don't know if they haven't been around you. You don't actually have a right thumb. Yes. And so when you rope, you put your rope in between your pointer finger and your middle finger. So tell me a little bit about what happened. Walk yeah. us through the accident and then how you came back and, and learned, I'm assuming you learned how to rope again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it is kind of funny because, you know, like I did that little bit of interview on the Cowboy Channel and I, um, you know, uh, Kendra Santos did an article and a couple other people did an article, but it's funny because if you're not my friend on social media or like, you know, we're all out rodeoing, so we don't watch the Cowboy Channel Mm-hmm. Most of the time, we normally watch playbacks to see what our calf does. Right, exactly. We're then, rewinding the lives on Cowboy Channel. Yeah, yeah. Generally, people don't know, and in general, like people don't notice or or know my day to day life. Um, but yeah, so it started my freshman year, spring break. Um, the last day of spring break, I had five horses down at school. I. Um, just got done. I rode all of them that day. Um, just got done. I cleaned four of the stalls and one of my horses on the opposite side of the rodeo grounds. So I, um, go to walk him over there and I, I, he pulls back. And so I know that, and I've grown up like my whole life with horses that have corks, like my old ones that have corks and pull back and mm-hmm. you know, a plastic bag or you throw your bell boot down and they jump back. And, mm-hmm. um, so I'm, you know, I'm used to it. Um, so I took him over there and I was just going to time to the trailer and he was the last pen I had to clean. And then I was 
pretty much done for the day. Going to get ready for school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. First day of, we go quarters at Cal Poly. Um, we like to be different. So we do quarters. So new class schedule next day. Anyways, I go to time up and um, I, I tied the bowling part or I, you know, started with a bowling knot and I put my thumb kind of through that, that loop you make. And I had just started to feed the other side of the rope through. Um, and he pulled back for really, there was nothing, you know, nothing happened. Like, I right. wish I could say like, oh, someone threw a rope or there was a bag, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> but he just pulled back. Cause I think he was just fed up being tied up all day. Cause I rode him first and he was tied up while I rode all the others. And, right. um, so I just, uh, he pulled back and he ran off. And when he pulled back, I kind of like turned, turned away. Like if you guys were the wall, like, I right. like this, um, and I, you know, turned around, took a deep breath, looked at my hand, like there was no thumb there at all, nothing. Um, and I took a few deep breaths and I was like, okay. And I look across into the infield and there's a couple guys sitting on the back of a truck that I know. And so I'm like calling them over, like trying to call them over. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. They're like, why is this crazy girl yelling right now? Yeah. Um, so I ended up having to like kind of cuss at them and tell them, hey, get your butts over here here. this is an emergency so they ran over and um helped me and they went and got the horse and and got the coach uh ben londo and he brought his truck over and we waited for campus police to get there um and then we we jumped in the truck and drove to the hospital but um san luis Obispo doesn't really have a i mean they have it's like a we the school has a wellness center and then i don't know i guess it's not a it's not a big hospital. It's mm-hmm. pretty small. And then, um, you know, we wanted to go to orthopedic surgeon to reattach it. Um, funny enough, all of the orthopedic surgeons in San Francisco that day were at a conference. Oh my gosh. Um, so we, we spent a good couple hours, um, with, um, my husband's good friend, Chase Bowen was helping us. Um, cause his dad's a really awesome orthopedic surgeon trying to find where I should go. So we ended up going to USC, uh, University of Southern California. After we sat there for about, I think it was about uh, three and a half, four hours. Um, then we got the helicopter ride to USC, which was awesome. That by is the way. cool. <laughs> um, super funny, not painful at all, barely bled. Like literally, wow. drip. there was like a couple drops of blood on my boot and like on the in the hospital, I had my hand on like a pillow and mm-hmm. there was like a little bit of blood on the pillow. But other than that, I didn't bleed a lot and it didn't hurt. That's and good. It was so funny because the, the gal, the nurse that was on call kept coming in every like 15 minutes for those three and a half, four hours we were there. Like, what's your pain level? And it was always like a one. Like, like yeah. I kept like, wondering, like, why is she asking me this? Like, if I'm in pain, I was going to, I'll know. let you know. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, after talking to the doctors, it's because the nerves, because the nerves are severed. They're not, they're like completely torn off. So you're not, they don't know what to think. So they're kind of also spasming. Like mm-hmm. they don't really send the pain signals. Um, like, you know, if you broke your bone, obviously it's mm-hmm. really painful. Or if my finger was still attached, it'd be extremely painful. But, um, so I got lucky with that too, I guess. <laughs> no pain. Helicopter ride. We, um, it was spring and we got to fly over the Hollywood sign. Uh, in spring kind of tilted a little with all the spring flowers um, an adventure was, in itself that was pretty cool um 
and then, yeah, we got there. I went into, gosh, I told it so many times, but I might get the hours wrong now, but my first surgery I think was seven hours and they reattached it and it was on over the night. And then the doctor came in the morning and was like, wow, like, I'm so surprised. It looks really good. Then like a couple hours after that, I'm like, I don't think it looks good. I mean, it's wrapped, but you could see the tip of it. I'm like, I don't think it looks good. And so finally he came in later that afternoon. He's like, yeah, like we need to go back in surgery. And then I think I was in surgery another 10 hours. They tried to reattach it again and didn't work. And so they closed everything up. So it's funny because I also, I'll take my jacket off, but I have like a scar that goes down my wrist because they harvested veins to try to reattach it because uh-huh. the rope, you know, like a lead rope is, you know, at least an inch thick and so Uh it just crushed all the blood vessels so even if they reattached them all the blood vessels in my thumb were like destroyed so like Uh it just didn't get circulation I guess but yeah so I have a scar from here to here great here yeah (laughs) and then a little one here to relieve like pressure and then just the regular in the back and I think they did like a little camera or something right here (laughs) I don't know if you can see it at all yeah you can so yeah. what's your, like going from that, you go to sleep, your second surgery, you think they're going to fix it. You wake up, you have no thumb. Okay. So I, when I lost my thumb, I wasn't extremely worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, not, wor- I mean, obviously like you're, I'm probably in shock a little bit too. Um, but I'm pretty calm person. Like yeah. not a lot, you know, like basically you don't get too stuff. frazzled. Yeah. I don't get too yeah. frazzled. Um, so I, effort like, I just wasn't worried. I'm like, it'll just get fixed. It'll be fine. You know, not a big deal. I mean, obviously a big deal, but it'll get fixed and I'll mm-hmm. work through it and it's going to be okay. So when they put it back on, I'm like, okay, it's back on. And then I honestly wasn't thinking much of it. Yeah. Like I knew it still couldn't work. Like the surgeon was very clear. Like, Hey, like, I mean, he was kind of arrogant. I uh-huh. really liked him. So thank you. I really liked him. Listen to this, but he was very <laughs> arrogant and like, if anyone's going to do it, I'm going to do it. And like very, yeah. But he, he was like, Hey, this might not work. Yeah. Like it's pretty destroyed. Um, so I wasn't like, I don't know, super. I didn't think about it in the moment that much. Right. Uh, so when it, when it wasn't on, I was like, okay, it's not on. Like now what, you know? Um, I wasn't too worried. And honestly, like I've talked to other girls that have had finger problems, got their rope hung up, you know, hurt or broke or torn things in their fingers. And it's like a very, very long process. If it's back on, like if, if they would reattach it, I mean, my tendon, when they went and got my thumb off the, the leader, like it was still in, in that knot in the leader um, and my tendons were pulled out from my elbow. Dang. So like it was like spaghetti wrapped around the, the lead rope. So I mean, like if because they were just trying to reattach it for blood circulation, like the amount of surgeries I would have had to gone through go, go through, and then the you know the, the therapy to get the functionality back. Yeah, and I I guarantee you I wouldn't have, uh-huh. and I probably a year later would have ended up having to take it off anyways. Right. So um, yeah, that was that. I mean, I just didn't know. I didn't really think about it much, like in the moment. Like I was sad that it was gone. Like it's a part of me. So obviously I was sad it was gone, but I was more, I I wasn't, I wasn't too worried about it. And then we drove, 
from USC. Like once it was off, I, they didn't keep me very long because I there wasn't really anything I had to do once right. it was gone. Right. Um, it, I mean, I had stitches, a lot of stitches, and it was completely wrapped, and I couldn't be around my horses or mm-hmm. be around any animals because they didn't want to get infected. For mm-hmm. they wanted me to stay away for six weeks. I think I stayed away for like. I didn't stay away completely, but I didn't clean stalls for like four or five weeks, four weeks, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, um, so yeah, we, we left there. We drove to my school, to Cal Poly, picked up some stuff. And then I drove home mm-hmm. and my mom thought like I was going to come home and, and stay home for a bit and just kind mm-hmm. of recover. And I was like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. Like I'm going back to school. And it's funny because when that happened, like I dropped all my courses or I didn't drop all my courses, but it's the first week of school. And like the way Cal Poly does it, if you're not at your first period, your first class, day of classes, like they drop you, they take right. your next on the waiting list. Um, and so I quickly just tried to get some classes and, um, and tried to make that work. And we, I stayed home, we were home for two days and then we turned around and, and maybe even just, yeah, he was two days turn around, went back and got to watch Poly Royal or huge college rodeo, rodeo in the football stadium. And then, um, yeah, I went to school the next day. So I missed a week of school and I started the second week. You got right back on. Got right back on. That's awesome. And two, I couldn't have, if I didn't go back to school, I couldn't rodeo the next year. Right. Which I thought was crazy. I'm like, what do you mean? I'll just take summer courses or whatever, you know, but no, um, so yeah, I, I started school right away and I just did school and hung out with uh, my future husband at the time. <laughs> got some quality, got some quality time in with your husband. Yeah. Yeah. Just um, relaxing, I guess. <laughs> well, good. So what what was the process like, like getting back in there? I mean, you go from, you know, I really don't think we all realize how much we use our thumb. So yeah. you go from, you know, having all normal functionalities that four fingers, one thumb, and then you go four fingers. That's it. So well, you did all four events, go tie, barrel race, team yeah. rope, breakaway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so what so, was that like? So for the first six weeks, they tell you like, don't do anything. Right. So I mean like, and my hands wrapped up anyways, like I can't do anything. Right. Um, when I, when I got the wrap off and I got most of the stitches out probably around like four weeks, I thought, well, I'll just swing a rope and see, see what it's like. Right. Um, and I swung a rope and it felt like someone hit your funny bone. Oh, your tent, like my nerves hadn't healed around there yet. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. never mind. Just kidding. Wait, I'm going to wait a couple more weeks. Um, yeah. And so the rest of the the school year, I, I just rode, I had one horse I rode. And then actually that summer, um, my aunt was in Italy. Um, Kelly was in Spain. And so, and my mom planned a family vacation in Mexico. <laughs> so I went to Mexico with, um, all, all my mom's side of the family. We went for a week and that was awesome. Never been out of the country. That's went to cool. Mexico, and then I spent my college savings on a plane ticket to <laughs> Italy and Spain. Um, so I went and stayed in Italy for a week and we went to Spain for a week. Awesome. Um, so yeah, that was like outstanding. So I really took a break, like, cause you know, yeah. there's not very many times, like we're always, I'm always riding horses. I always have horses yeah. that are coming up or young, or maybe even just someone else's horse. Like I'm always riding Going. busy and I'm like, they're already out of shape. 
and I, there's, you know, I can take a break. There's no good, you know, there's nothing going on. Um, and so then when I came back from there, um, I went up to Kelly's family's house and, um, their, their arena and everything. My dad and I, um, fixed the, the shoots and the boxes. Um, we put some nice steel boxes in there with big pipe, four inch pipe. And then, uh, I started roping after that, um, which was about probably four weeks, three weeks before school started. Um, and then it was, it was easier, like no pain in my elbow, nothing like that. I just put it between my fingers and I just, I started roping the dummy every day and, um, heading the dummy. And it was funny because right away, I mean, I mean, you can stand over a dummy and I can swing five times and I could still get a curl, you know, heading, you know, Mm -hmm. heading the dummy and even break, you know, and breakaway roping. And then just getting on your horse, like learning how to control that tip just a little better, you know, like, right. I have, you know, my great horse, like obviously puts me in the same spot every time and just stays there and and does really good for me. So like, I can take that shot every time, but you know, they start going left or right, or, um, they move around a lot. That was the challenge for me at first was like, okay, now how do I control this? Like this, sure. It's great if I can keep it one spot and deliver in the same spot, but now we got to move around and I got to be able to grip it and, and be able to really feel like where my tip is. So what were, what were some things that, that helped you to be able to adapt to that and, and have more tip control with, with your two fingers? Like, were there some certain things that you focus on or you work on to be able to do that? Yeah. So I, I just by roping the dummy and um, wanting to be able to take those faster shots. um, I just started kind of learning, like I just started taking him like on the dummy, like a couple steps back, two swings see what happens. Okay. Mm-hmm. This happened. Like, how do I fix it? And I didn't really realize I was doing that at the time, you know, like mentally, but I was pretty much like self-training myself. Like, okay, if my tips over here, then what do I need to do to get it over here and how fast I need to get it up and like what I need to do with my hand or my elbow or my forearm. So I do feel like my wrist isn't as tight as like it used to be, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it bends a little more. Um, and I also bring my tip across to the left, right, right away. Like I bring it over the top, almost to the left side of me right away, because I found like, once it's over there, I could easily bring it back to the right. But if it's not over here right away, mm-hmm. it takes me two more swings to get it, to get back it over to top. where you need to aim to the calf. Yeah. And just like, you know, like, like I'm saying, taking those fast shots, I mean, it needs to be there right away. Really that second swing. I mean, you need to be able to take your shot. And so getting that figured out and, and kind of, um, feeling my back, my, my tip and the back of my, my rope and pulling, you know, bringing that around and, and trying to mess with that a lot and stand in different spots where I wrote the dummy and, um, yeah, everything, all of that. So. All of it. You basically started from scratch. Yeah. <laughs> well, not completely, but yeah. <laughs> well, kind of though. I mean, because yeah. honestly, it's a complete different feel. Your rope's in a different spot. Your your tip is in a different place. Um, so really, yeah, you kind of like taught yourself how to rope twice. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. I honestly like, I'm, I'm glad it happened. I know people think that's crazy. I mean, obviously I don't wish that it ever happened or hope that it happens to someone, but it really... If it was going to happen to anyone, I was the person 
that, that that's okay with me. <laughs> like it was, it was okay. Well, so. one thing I think, and I just want to applaud you on is, th- you know, I'm sitting here listening to you go through your, your, um, the, the, the event, I won't even call it a tragedy, the event of losing your thumb and, yeah. and you're, you just, you're steadfast and you're sure. And you, and you never seem like you lost any confidence. You know, you were just like, yeah. okay, um, next, like, what are we going to do about this? And okay. And yep. I have a few times, a few weeks off. So sure. I'll make time for you. And uh. then, um, you know, Oh, Italy. Oh yeah. Okay. Let's do that. Uh, no big deal. Um, okay. Yeah. Let's come back. Okay. Let's rope the dummy, you know? And so just, I'm, I just want to applaud you on the fact that it seems like throughout this journey, you had so much confidence in yourself along the way. And like you said, you know, I was just trial and error, like, see if this works, see what I need to do and kept such an open mind in, which is why I think you have such resolve and and where you are, where you're at today. Yeah. I think the only time, like the only concern I had was right away. So when I went home for that day, my mom was really, obviously really worried about me because I do all these things and thumbs, like you said, her thumb is 50% of your, everything you do with your hands. Mm-hmm. So she was like, well, before you go back, like you're going to go need to see the psychologist. <laughs> to make sure I wasn't going to be depressed or anything. So I went and talked to the psychologist, which is so funny. Um, But what we kind of boiled it down to, she's like, all this is normal. And I, and the one thing, like when you really sat down and thought about it, if anything, I was worried about what I was able to do, but I couldn't really, I I couldn't worry about it because I couldn't do anything yet. Like I couldn't try to do anything. So it was just like a waiting thing. So I was just a little anxious on like, I have to wait to even try see, this. Yeah. See what I can do. Tie a goat. Cause I, I learned how to tie goats again, which was interesting, <laughs> a little more interesting. I mean, I still tied great, you know, relatively fast and good. Um, but it was a little bit different. Um, I didn't, you know, it took me a little while to catch that string every single time. Like, so I, I put it between my pointer finger and my middle finger as well. Um, but yeah, that just that period there where there was like, okay, wait, what am I going to be able to do? Well, I don't know. Okay. Well, I can't really be too anxious about it because I just got to wait and find out. Right. Like, well, and I, I love that though. I mean, that's so cool. And, and it could have went either way, you know, you could have, you could have had a victim mentality, but instead you're like full force, let's go. Let's, you know, during this waiting period, let's make it exciting and, and have a little bit of fun. And then, you know, when the door's cracked, let's get right back after it. So, so that's, that's really neat and a really cool story about it. Yeah. So tell me a little bit, we talked a little bit about your job, kind of what you studied. I heard a lot of words that I don't understand. I'm a breakaway over, so you're gonna have to dumb it down for me a little bit. (laughs) So tell me what is, you're an engineer, uh, wastewater management, exactly what do you do? What is, what does a day in the life of Gianna look like? And, and how do you manage being a new wife, uh, having a full-time job? And being a breakaway roper, like, how do you juggle all of that? Yeah, that, that is the mystery. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so, hmm, okay. So it's a, okay. Well, my major was bioresource and agricultural engineering. So a lot of it was emphasis in water management, ag water management, irrigation, irrigation design, um, biology so filtering the water also like drinking water how to make Mm -hmm. drinking water um the different processes involved that but then a lot of it was mechanical electrical 
because agricultural covers every type of engineering. So we right. learned a little bit of every type of engineering, computer programming, which I'm not good at. So don't ask me about that. <laughs> um, so then when I left there, like I really loved the ag side engineering. Um, sorry, irrigation is what I meant to say. I love the irrigation design class. Um, so I, I applied at a couple of water districts, one of them being Stockton East. Uh, another one was um, in a little bit north of Stockton. And my dad had moved to Brentwood when I went to school. And so it ended up just being uh, where I picked because they offered me the most money, even though I had still been dating Kelly and he had moved home to work at his home, which is in Humboldt County, uh, which is our home now, but where he lived for a couple of years, we lived a separate. So we're kind of used to the long distance a little bit. <laughs> so that helps on the breakaway road right now, <laughs> but uh-huh. it's up a little bit sometimes. Um, so yeah, so my job now, so when I worked in person, a lot of it was project management, um, design. Uh, my Like my first project was like designing um, the road si- or our no trespassing signs and getting those printed, which, you know, isn't, isn't, it's just, that was just my first project. So I remember it, but we did um, like headworks to our waterways. So putting flow measurement and control there that, you know, also communicates electronically. So I, you know, you can get on your computer and change, you know, if you need more water or less water. That's um, awesome. Bridges, like culvert bridges or free span um, rail car bridges. I did a rail car bridge and I've done a culvert bridge, box culvert bridge. Um, and then a lot of like data information. So getting all of the meter readings from all of our ag users. So we supply water to along our distribution system to all the agricultural users in the area that can access it. And then when it comes to our treatment plant, we treat it and then supply it to the urban contractors that supply it to the city mm-hmm. of Stockton. Um, so there's that municipal side too. So like air valves and, and all that kind of stuff, like piping. All the good things of water you do. Yeah. All the, all the water things. All um, the water things. Which is great in California because we're in a drought. So I feel like there's always a need for me. Yeah. Um, and anywhere because you always need drinking water. And, you know, we always need water for ag. So yeah, it's super neat. Um, and so, but I also did a lot of permitting and grants. So when I started working remote, I definitely kept up on my, des- like some of the design work and some of the project management stuff. Um, but now it's mainly grants and permitting. Mm-hmm. Um, within my district, there's three of us engineers and they hired a fourth when I started working remote. And then it's also my boss. So there's technically five of us. Um, and no one really wants to do the permitting and no one really wants to do the grant work. It's just a lot of typing, writing, jumping through hoops, reading questions, um, you know, (laughs) all that kind of stuff. So, but I'm good at it. So that's okay. There you go. (laughs) So when you say you work, you worked remote a little bit, let's dive into that because I asked you earlier, I was like, you know, how are you doing this? And you're like, I work. I work remote. The requirement was I come in and I work once a week every month in house. And you're like, but I haven't been there yet for more than two or three days. So I'm a little, this is your first technically full week in the office. So you have been able to work remote while traveling to all these rodeos all summer. And I just think that's so neat. Like, you know, I think that there's a lot of misconceptions like you hear all the time. I just don't know how all these breakaway ropers are going down the road and, and doing what they're doing. And it's like, well, yeah, be- 
because we have jobs. (laughs) A lot of us do, you know, behind the scenes and like you said, remote. And so I just think that that is so neat that you're an awesome kick butt engineer. You're doing all these cool things, waterway related to ag. You're doing it while you're getting to do what you want to do. And that's breakaway rope. And so, I mean, you, you really get the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Like I always ask that question, even now, like it's my first year trying to do this and try to go to all these rodeos. Um, and yeah, I still ask the question. I'm like, how are they do? How, how, how is she doing this right now? Uh-huh. Like, what do you mean? Like, I know how much it's costing. I get paid every other week, you know? And, um, it's just like, wait a second. <laughs> like it's a lot of money to go down the road. I think every, everyone that's tried or thinks about it knows that, but it is a lot of money. And, um, I traveled with a girl most of summer, July, June. Well, yeah, July, June, August. Um, and so that helped a lot because we could switch off driving. Mm-hmm. When it's just me, I tend to drive more at night so that I'm available during the day if something, you know, something comes up. Right. Um, that I could access it quick. Or if I'm, you know, or if I know I have a meeting, I'll plan to drive a couple hours and then pull over at work and put my horses in a pen or something. And then. Well, and I just think that that's so cool how you're learning how to manage that. You know, like you're you're planning you're planning two different jobs. You're planning your rodeos and and where you need to be and how you need to get there. And then you're also planning your work week and your work day. Like, hey, I've got a meeting at ten o'clock, so I'm going to drive until nine thirty, and then I'm going to make sure I have Wi Fi, and then I'm going to go on. Just you know, I mean, but that's the things that we do, and I think that is something that is unmerited, and you don't really see behind the scenes. You're like, oh yeah, you're just out here rodeoing, like, not, and some people are, but not. Not everybody's doing it that way. So I just want to applaud you for holding down a full-time job, being able to work remote, showing up in rope and breakaway. Awesome. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. No, I think I, everyone asked me that question, like, well, how are you going to do that? I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of the same mentality of like, okay, well, am I going to rope or not? Like after yeah. the last time, like, or am I going to try to do it? Or are we just not doing the same? We're like, you just kind of take it step by step and what, you know, try to always keep looking forward. I know sometimes we stuck getting looking backwards and, but, you know, always try to redirect and keep looking at the next thing and what the plan is, what the next mm-hmm. game plan is. Um, but definitely Cal Poly, like, I think right off the bat, I mean, I was trained to have a huge workload, have my horses rodeo still have a social environment, you know, social yeah. life um, you know, live with other people. So it didn't really change that much. Like I had always been that busy in college, just less of what I love to do and more of more work, and work. School stuff, which right. I, I, li- I liked as well. Just always this kind of battle of, you know, my time. Yeah. So I think that you know, obviously that helped tremendously, like preparing. Yeah. For. Just preparing with your time management and your workload and, and always yeah. having several shuffling, several different things on your plate. You know, I think that's one thing that we do well as, as women and ladies in, in this industry is we um, usually don't say no, which maybe that's a boundary thing we should work on, but we are able to shuffle a lot of workload and, and having several different open-ended projects going on at one time and being able to manage that. And, um, you know, we might have a breakdown every now and then our poor husbands, but other than that, <laughs> other than that it's good so let's touch a little bit about your newly married um your husband what does he do is he familiar with what you do how was it traveling this summer um being on the road with the long distance and how did did you manage that yeah so um 
So his name's Kelly O'Day. We met in college or, okay, this is always the argument. We technically met when we were in high school, but we didn't really talk when we were in high school. So I officially <laughs> got to know him in college. You didn't talk to him or he didn't talk to you? Probably a little bit of both. Like he was a senior, <laughs> I was a freshman, you know, like <laughs> we like, didn't talk that much, you know, we said hi. I think, you know, one time I tried to, you know, cornrow his hair. Um, his idol was Sid Steiner, you know, cause he, oh, he loved I and yeah, he loved his style. So when he went to the college finals, he had cornrows. Yeah. So funny. Uh, yeah. She says anyways, yeah. character, love him. Uh, <laughs> that's a good thing. I'm glad you do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yep, a good that's thing. Good. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, he knows the rodeo background. Um, he, his parents are, you know, rodeo family, his mom and his mom's mom was a barrel racer. His mom's a great barrel racer. Um, and he, he wanted to steer wrestle and he cap roped and team roped in high school and team roped his stepdad's an awesome cowboy outrider for all the California tracks at one time. Now he just does Ferndale. Um, but just, you know, he's a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Um, and his dad has cattle, has a ranch, a family ranch that they run cattle on. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. I don't think I could be with someone that didn't know the background and rodeo because it's so time consuming. We spend so much time taking care of our animals, driving, yeah, roping, getting ready, packing our trailer, just everything. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's really important that like, it was so important to me. He understands what's going on. It's not like, He's like, where have you been all this time? You know? What have yeah. you been doing? Yeah. And he's a philosopher. He, lo- he loves the dream. He knows the dream and he knows the game and he, you know, preaches that. So anyways, he hasn't been steer wrestling at all and just hadn't been. His horse has been out in pasture. Um, and then about a year and a half ago, not this past July, but the July before I convinced him to go enter an amateur rodeo with me. And he came down and the second steer, he ruptured his peck. So he tore his peck off the bone. Uh, <laughs> so then he was really out for, for a while. And so yeah. he got a surgery and they reattached to the bone and it's been really good. And he's been getting in good shape, but he assistant coaches football. He teaches at high school and then he has his own concealed carry business, teaching concealed carry courses. And then he loves to hunt right now. So right now it's just been crazy. Like, so you guys crazy. are going in all sorts of different directions. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I was homeless last week. Um, and it's so funny. Uh, obviously we spend time together, cook dinner and spend time together, but we ate breakfast together, but he would leave at five 30 in the morning, get back, you know, I'd go meet him, eat breakfast with him. And then he would go to work and then he'd be back at seven 30. Cause he's assistant coaching football right now. So just we're both busy. And so I think we, we do well with that. And we understand that and respect each other's dreams and goals in life. <laughs> well, that's exciting. And, th- and that's great. And that's why I asked that question because it looks different for everybody, you know, and, and learning how to manage that and look what looks best for you guys and what works for you guys. And so I just always like to hear, you know, everybody has a different strategy and shoot, I just yeah. think it's great. You guys are both doing what you love and, you know, it could really be better. Yeah. And, um, it's, I mean, it's all about communication, obviously. I mean, number one thing, she like said, you read it, obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Hello. I feel like that. I just meant like, yeah, you're probably oh, thinking gotcha. still communication. What is she? <laughs> but, um, yeah, just I don't I think that's that's the important part because obviously we don't have a relationship. I keep saying obviously. <laughs> 
we don't have a relationship unless we communicate. Like mm-hmm. we don't call each other, talk to each other throughout the day or, you know, about a run or about work or about whatever we're working on that day. Then, you know, then you really don't have a partner because you're not with each other. So Yeah, I know. And that it's a, such a big thing, I think. For to have somebody like that on your team while you're out there doing what we do, somebody that you can call good, bad, or indifferent and just talk to about it and just be very raw and real and unconditional and just, you know, let it all out there. And and I think that that is such a vital part to success in this sport. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, Having him to call my brother, my dad, my, yeah, the people that support me and Joe Belli and, Janine Del Porto, like just being able to call these people that you know support mm-hmm. my best friend, you know, yeah, this, that's everything. Yeah, like yeah. you can't do it without those people. <laughs> no, like, it's impossible. So, so what does it look like for you this fall? Um, I know we talked a little bit. You're like, yeah, I, you know, in California, there's not just a whole lot going on after September, yeah. and I said, we'll come to Texas. And so, what does it look like? Are you guys going to get to rope some? What What are your plans? You know, the next few months, kind of moving forward. Yeah. So, um, I have. My good horse is 21 years old. And so my game plan, like after going to all these rodeos this year, it was, I think next year I'll use him at every rodeo that has an average, mm-hmm. uh, you know, guaranteed two head. I'll use him pro- all of those rodeos. Unless like when it's split, like, okay, we did the whole Cheyenne Salinas thing. Like I'm going to have a horse at home in Salinas area. Yeah. And then I'll leave him in Cheyenne. Like, that's crazy <laughs> craziness driving that doing all those rodeos that week it's just insane super fun though had a blast doing it <laughs> even though it was crazy it was crazy um so my plan for because I'm going to Poway it's gonna be the last rodeo of the season for me um I'm third I think I might have bumped a little bit I might be fifth in my circuit but we're all pretty close or Good. Fourth. we're all really close so we're going to this last rodeo in Poway near San Diego and then from there, I'm going to drive down to Arizona, um, Lynn Smith. Yeah. She, yeah. So I'm going to meet with her and then we're going to go to Rosenberg, Hempstead and Las Cruces. Good. Just to try to get on the board. Um, I'm 56, I think in 2022 standing. So I'm just out of it to try to make those winter rodeos. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh man, so it'd be really nice to, you know, win Hempstead, just qualify for Houston. <laughs> just saying, just throwing it out there. Putting it in the atmosphere. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, just, I mean, even just get on the board and get in the standings, um, right off the bat would be awesome. Whatever happens. Um, I'm going to plan, I'm going to plan on using my gelding, my sorrel gelding chase at Poway. And then I'm going to use my mare lucky at the ones in Texas, just because she's a shorter setup type of horse. I've been faster on her more times, but I'm less consistent catching on her. So it's always fun, but uh, makes it interesting. So then I'll do those and then I'll come back. And I think I'm going to go home um, for the rest of October, November. I was trying to look at the standings or the, the listings it's so difficult because they don't come up very quick. Kind of have to talk to people and know when certain rodeos are and if you're going to plan to get back out there. Yeah. Um, but I think right now my game plan is to come home and just be home for a good month at least. Um, and I can rope at home probably through hopefully end of November. I have a six-year-old mare that I'd really like to. She's been being roped on by a good family friend of mine while we've been gone and get her to where I can go get back with her and go in her. 
Then I have another horse that I just got that we've been rehabbing. So he's pretty close to being be able to rope on probably another month of rehab. And then I can get him rechecked and start roping on him. And then from there, December rolls around. Our circuit finals are December 30th, 30th, 31st, 1st, 29th, 30th, 31st, I think. Um, and those are in Red Bluff, California. So we'll I'll def- obviously do that. Um, and then I'll go on our honeymoon. Oh, wow. <laughs> honeymoon. Come on. Yeah. That'll be good. Um, in January, we're going to go to Hawaii. Cool. So I'm going to do that January 2nd through the 6th. And then um, I think right when I get back, I think I'm going to load up all my horses and come to Arizona or Texas and be there January, February, March. And then April, I'll come back to California for sure for all of our spring rodeos. And then see where I'm at, really. If if, if I got it lined up with, you know, my, my merits coming up, Miss Kitty, and I feel confident and, you know, I've hit enough jackpots and I feel really good or started going to some rodeos. I haven't taken her to a barrier yet. So I just don't take any time. It'll be good. It'll be good. I, I, she'll be good. Um, she's awesome. She's really cool. I can't wait. Um, and then, yeah, go from there. If I'm feeling good and sitting good, then I'll keep going through the summer. And if not, I'll keep going to the amateurs in California and get it to where I'm good on my young horse. That's, you know, my green horses and come back at the next year. (laughs) Go back after it. You know, and I think that that's so good too. Like just kind of learning what works for everybody, you know, what works for you is all you can do. And and I love that you kind of have that figured out. You know, you've got a really good head on your shoulders. You're like, here's what I'm going to do. Here's my plan. This is where I'm going to go for. And, and, and you're good either way, you know, you're, you're good with whatever the result. And so I think that that's exciting and and it's going to be great. You know, you have these horses, you've got the people that you're hooked up with, you're working remote, you've got this great husband. I mean, all (laughs) things are going well for you. So, um, I'm just really excited about the fall. I think it's going to be great for you. And I'm excited for you to come to Texas some. Oh my gosh. I know I haven't, the last time I was in Texas was I think Fort Worth for the rookie roundup deal. Uh I I haven't been back. So, um, I haven't really spent a whole lot of time in Texas. Really. That was the first time I was there and I barely went downtown in Fort Worth or anything. So, um, yeah, I'm sure we won't be there very long this trip either, but Lynn will probably has been there more than I have. So maybe she'll tell me. Oh yeah. Lynn, Lynn will know. Lynn's been all the places. She knows all the ins and outs. She's great. She's a great one to go with. So that'll be exciting. Yeah. So yeah, I'm excited about that. And then yeah, January, February, just, I just can't wait because there's so many more jackpots. Like I, we can't go to jackpots at home. Like Mm -hmm. there's going to be, there'll probably be a couple more through November, but after that, I mean, there won't be anything December, January, February, like, there just won't be anything. Well, you'll get your fill down here. I promise you. Yeah. There is something going on every day of the week. There's tons of big jackpots throughout the, the spring and, and the winter. And and yeah, it'll be great. It'll be, you'll, you I will be busy. Be you're not going to get much sleep. You're going to be, yeah. you're gonna be busy. <laughs> you don't need sleep. <laughs> coffee. We need coffee. I'm not a coffee drinker. I know you're a chai tea drinker. Yeah, I drink chai tea occasionally, but I try not to because... It makes me shaky. I get shaky. Oh, Lord. Caffeine gets me shaky. <laughs> if you see her driving and she's shaky. Yeah. Like, know I'm like, why? <laughs> Try to keep up through the night. But yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So I have to ask you, I ask everybody that comes on my podcast, if you could go back and you could tell your younger self something, what would it be and why? Mm. 
Oh, man. <laughs> um, it's funny. I was just talking to Kelly about this, not this question, but we talked about, we touched on it a little bit earlier, like always looking forward. Um, but a big thing I noticed, um, even just as a woman through our hormonal cycles, um, I totally can pick up on now, like if I'm feeling sorry for myself or sad, but definitely like feeling sorry for yourself is like the worst thing you can possibly do. Like instantly, like, especially like now I, I know that I'm, I feel like I learned that probably in college. I picked up on it my freshman year of college, probably. Um, and that is just horrible, contagious, not good, not good for or anything, really. You're not going to be productive. And really, it doesn't get you anywhere. If you're starting to feel sorry for yourself, then, you know, it's kind of a downward spiral. But if you just snap back out of it and be like, no, look at all these great things we have um, and finding that gratitude and like, gosh, then your your energy completely changes and you're going in a forward direction and you're positive and excited and every time it makes me excited. I mean, I was so excited to be in Puyallup, just walking through the crowd of people, which was crazy. And people would walk in front of you with their baby carriage. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Can you do like, I still like, I was so grateful for that. Like that was, that was such an experience that I hadn't got to, to do. And just um, being grateful for the people in your life, your husband, your, you know, the truck you're driving, your job, you know, be, you know, <laughs> not wanting to do your job, but then being very grateful for it because it's the reason why we get to do all these things. Right. No, I think that's great. 100%. And I think it is very true. You know, I think that you are very fortunate to have caught on to that at such an early age, because it is it, it's like, like you nailed it. It's so contagious. And I think that like as many ups and downs, like you said, as we go through, if you're not aware, it's easy to get on that bandwagon. I will say yeah. it is easy. And then all of a sudden you're like, geez, yeah. crying myself a river like here's my <laughs> river you know what I mean and, and it's easy to do and so one thing I'll add to that is I love that but I also love having somebody in your corner to be like hey get your head out of your butt yeah stop yeah. feeling sorry for yourself let's be grateful and I think you have that you know with your husband and you're talking about that and so having somebody like that in your corner too to that so you guys can grow and, and do that together I think that that just tops it off for sure yeah, yeah. absolutely <laughs> perfect well i'm excited for you congratulations on all your accomplishments this year um thank you so much for coming on to the show and just telling us a little bit about yourself and i can't wait to see you when you come to texas thanks yes i'm excited i can't wait to come back and just get to rope and better and faster and having fun yeah, exactly that's what it's about having fun so Hey guys, thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, share it with a friend. If you haven't already, go follow us on all of our social media profiles at In The Loop Breakaway. And if you have any questions, go check out our website. Reach out to us at InTheLoopBreakaway.com. I really appreciate your continued support and we'll see you down the road.